America Influencers Channel. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. Uh, today's show I'm really excited about. I asked my good friend, uh, Christina Fritchie. Did I say that? I said your last name right, Christina. Hello, are you there? Radio silence. Hello. There you are. Uh, I, I invited my good friend, Christina, to come on today and share some thoughts uh, that she has. She is uh, really passionate about helping women. I think a lot of time as women, we struggle with criticism. We struggle with perfectionism. We struggle with traditionalism. And we try and fit into a box of what other people feel like we should be. And when we don't fit into that conventional, traditional box, then we feel guilty about it or we feel shameful or we feel like we aren't good enough. And Christina is on a mission. It's so interesting to me. She's a mother uh, from a small town in Utah, and she has really uh, broken the mold. But she has been able to share her thoughts and her wisdom through social media and so profound for me because of her ability to be real, to be raw, to just share these feelings that she has. She's actually had people reach out to her on Instagram, uh, asked her to be a sponsor for their products. So I'm really excited to have her today. She's been an inspiration to me. So Christina, I would love to give you an opportunity to do something I give all my guests an opportunity to do, and that is brag about yourself. This is totally a safe place to brag, but I would like for you just to tell about some of your accomplishments that you're proudest of in your life. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, this would have bothered me in the past, but, I, you know, now now that I'm living more of an authentic life, I'm not as worried about bragging. Um, awesome. I, I love that. I'm going ce- to celebrate. Am, I'm going to celebrate that because seriously, as women too, I'm going to go on a little rant here, but as women, a lot of times, and, and men too, I'm not going to exclude men from this, but oftentimes we're told you cannot celebrate yourself. It's going to make you, uh, you know, you'll be vain. You'll be um, full of yourself. That's just not okay to celebrate yourself. So I, congratulations. I'm really glad that you said that. Most of my guests say, oh, I feel so uncomfortable bragging about myself, but I love that you just embrace that. So you go for it, girl. I'm ready to hear, hear you brag about yourself. Awesome. Um, So I graduated um, with a degree in anthropology, which was definitely more about my interest and less about using it in my daily life. Okay, what is is anthropology? I I thought it was a clothing store. It is the study of cultures. Oh, the study of cultures. Okay. I I did know that somewhere in my subconscious mind. So awesome. Okay. In in college, I, I always thought, man, maybe some rich lady or gentleman would just pay me to travel around the world and eat. <laughs> and uh, that, ha- that has not happened yet, but I'm not, I'm not crossing it off my list. Okay. Well, good. Well, good. So that's on your bucket list. So you graduated with a degree from anthropology. Okay. What else do you uh-huh. have to brag about? Um, I love people. I love traveling. I love culture. Mm-hmm. I just got a uh, certification to teach English as a second language. Um, I don't have any immediate plans to do that because it's for um, teaching out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I feel like I have so many varied interests. It's just strange. But yeah. I, 
Um, I also teach horseback riding lessons. I have a horse. Um, I have four kids. Um, we're really into soccer. We enjoy um, soccer and have kids that play soccer. And let's see, I'm trying to think of anything exciting. Oh, uh, my husband used to drive a Zamboni, and I've driven it once, too. I feel like there's very few people that have driven a Zamboni. (laughs) Well, that is definitely something to brag about. Well, I love that. And you and I actually met on a cruise, on the Marketer's Cruise. And I know you were there with your husband, and one of the things I really loved about you was your passion for life, um, how excited and happy and just passionate you were um, in your life and to live life. And I would love for you to share your story because things weren't always like that for you. Um, I know that that you've been on a journey yourself um, from from going from feeling like you weren't good enough to feeling like you actually could enjoy life, and that's something that you're passionate about helping other people do now. But could you share with us a little bit about your story, your journey? Did you just wake up one day and think, oh, I'm going to start posting these inspirational posts on Facebook and inspiring, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world or on Instagram? What What is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, it kind of goes back to my childhood, uh, my parents divorced when I was fairly young, and I think I had a had a hard time with feeling out of control, unable to um, make the decisions of where I wanted to be as a young child because I would go between houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also a thing to kind of notice: I would get stomach aches, and I would feel sick to my stomach and things, which is really common in anxious kids. Now, so how old were you at this point? That, like, how old were you when your parents um, got divorced and when you were noticing these stomach so pains parents, and anxieties? Yeah, my parents divorced when I was fairly young. I want to say maybe three to six months old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if that, you know, is affecting, affected my anxiety more or less. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. there's, um, a change in a child's life, it, it is hard. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so the stomach aches, probably six or seven is when they started. I remember eating dinner and then laying on the couch and just having pain in my stomach and being worried. I remember being worried a lot. Mm-hmm. What if this happens? What if... And I think this was back in the 80s, and I think during the 80s, I don't think this was on the radar of many people. I don't think parents knew to look for anxiety symptoms or depression symptoms in their in their kids um so i i don't blame my parents mm-hmm. at all i just um you know want to bring it to light now um if your child is complaining of of common things like a stomach ache um and being worried a lot uh that's a good thing to look for well now you and i uh, share and something then, that's very you and i share something that's very similar and uh, really interesting. So I, I too, as a young child, struggled a lot with anxiety and fear. And I used to have these night terrors. And eventually, when I was an early teenager, that turned into a quite debilitating form of obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, so, and I agree with you, I think, especially in in the 80s, and and now it's coming more to light. But but parents, I, I mean, as a child, you know, the message I got was, hey, you're okay. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong. It, you know, you shouldn't be scared. And my parents said all the right things that you're supposed to say, or, you know, they were taught to say at that time. But the story that I got was, wow, well, I'm feeling one way, but I'm supposed to be feeling another way. So there's something wrong with me. 
I'm not okay. And um, so that's, you know, for me as a child, that's the story I got. So I can totally relate to your story. So here you are, you're a child, you're getting shuffled back and forth between your parents' home, you're feeling out of control, you have these symptoms of anxiety, even as a young child. Uh, what then? So as, as I grew older, it seemed like the symptoms as a kid, like the stomach ache things, I didn't get that anymore. But I still felt worried. I'd still have, I think it declined some in, in young adulthood. Well, not young adulthood, but in, in my teenage years, I think maybe I had other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, do people like me? I... <laughs> Um, am I dateable? Cool. <laughs> All those things. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember it as much, although I was awfully worried, you know, will someone ask me to dance? Am mm-hmm. I am I attractive? All those things. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of showed up as, as a young adult more so as anxiety, panic attacks, depression. And let me just mention that anxiety and depression usually go hand in hand. I think it's mm-hmm. like, Fifty percent of people who suffer from anxiety also suffer from depression. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. So, when you say young adult, are you talking about like early twenties? Um, when when did this kind yes. of come to a head and manifest for you? So, now were you married at the time? Were you single? What did your life look like? Um, I had moved out and started to go to college, mm-hmm. um, and then was married not long after that, um, and. I think it really started when I went to college. I seemed to, there were a lot of things that, that were, uh, that were changing and more difficult for me. I remember, I don't know if this was related, but I had, um, had mono, Mm. um, for a little while. And then I started losing my hair and it wasn't anything medical, but, uh, it was, I don't know if that was kind of a catalyst. Yeah, so um, stress-related. With, with the panic and attacks and anxiety. What would trigger um, you? What were some of those things that you would get anxious about? Or paint, paint a picture for me, like, what would cause some of those anxieties and triggers and panic attacks? I know that it's different for everybody. And then what did that feel like? Because I think the other thing that people struggle with, and even I've struggled with in the past, was not understanding or knowing that what I was feeling was anxiety. Um, how, what, what triggered you and how did you feel when you got triggered? Sure. I think a lot of it was a what if scenario. What if I don't pass my class? Mm. What if I fail this test? Um, and then for me, it was usually at night as I was going to bed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't typically during the day um, unless something bad happened. Um, uh, and it felt a tightening in my chest and my shoulders and back would get real tight as well. I had um, major knots in my back all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the racing thought, what if this happens? And um, also... Um, your heart is pounding as well. Okay. Yeah, I can I can relate to that when um, I struggle with anxiety it would always show up at night. And and still even in my adult years as I've struggled with different kinds of um, emotions, uh, different feelings, different anxieties, depressions, whatever, it always seems to happen at like it, at five, six, seven, or eight o'clock at night. I, I don't have an answer for why that is. that's that's interesting to me though. You know, perhaps it's when you finally get a chance to to sit with your thoughts 
Mm. And um, during the day, you can kind of distract yourself. That's when all the little what ifs creep in. What if, what if, what if? Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So you found yourself in your early adult Hood. You've, you're in this anxious state. You've ov- obviously struggled with anxiety since you were a young child. Um, what 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 happened next? So what's interesting is during this time, and then after I got married, I had no idea that it was a mental health issue. Um, no one had really talked about it. You knew of people who had depression or anxiety, but you thought they maybe in an institution or I didn't know anybody that spoke about it or, um, you know, that it was something they were dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So um, I thought it was actually behavioral. So you thought there was something wrong with you, like if I just changed my behavior, I would do better. If I just had more positive thoughts or lived a better, I mean, what, what were the thoughts that were going through your head? Um, really unkind thoughts about myself mm. um, because I not only had these issues and was dealing with them, I also thought, you know, what, why am I acting like this? Why is this bothering so, me so much when I have these panicky thoughts and I'm not very nice to people because I'm dealing with this? That's my fault. Wow. You know what's so profound about that? And I love as you're telling your story, pulling out these golden nuggets, I can so relate to you. One of the things for me that, you know, when I was struggling with anxiety and um, when I've struggled with depression in my life is feeling like um, there is something wrong with me. Like if I was just good enough or if I did something better or if I did something more or if I did something less even that I could solve this problem. And and the feeling like nobody wanted to talk about it. And and I think this may be more in some cultures than other cultures. And I know um, you and I have had discussions about this before. I grew up in Idaho. You're in Utah. And there is sometimes a sense or this feeling uh, that you, you can't talk about things like depression and anxiety because there's a feeling by some people that maybe you're less than. And I think that's a self-inflicted feeling. Like if only I was, if I was better or if I prayed more or if I was more righteous or if I did this or did that, then I, if I relied on, on God more, then I would be okay. And those were some of the thoughts anyway that went through my head. And what that created for me was this constant feeling of isolation because I felt like I was the only one struggling with it. And also this feeling like there was something wrong with me. And um, that created in me this need for perfectionism. So I'm really glad that you brought up that point. And I know that's part of your mission today, but um, I love pulling out these golden nuggets. So as you're you're on your journey and you're realizing that you're feeling like, how did you get out of that space? How did you get out of the space where you're a young adult feeling like there's something wrong with you, feeling like, you know, you're you're the only one with this problem to now inspiring all these women all over to to really be happy and to embrace these challenges that they have? Well, it actually got worse before it got better, Okay, as it usually does. Um, as I became a mom um, and I dealt with, like, postpartum, I, I did not have postpartum depression. I was really worried about that. Um, but it seemed to increase as more stressful situations uh, became 
part of my life. So I would start getting even more racing thoughts. I'd have the feeling of impending doom and guilt. Mm. Um, I would take it out on my husband and sometimes my kids. Uh, when I felt that uncomfortable, I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin feeling of anxiety. I've been in cars. I've been, you know, having an argument and I just would explode because I, it felt so icky to be in my skin. I just wanted to escape and by yelling and, and screaming and, you know, trying to get, I guess, your point across to somebody it felt a little better. It was like it would release a little bit of that anxiety. If I can yell and scream, I can get it out. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So um, I feel I still feel and carry some guilt from taking it out on the people that I care about the most. Um, and during this time, I knew about meds. I knew about taking medication, um, but kind of was strongly against it um, because of stigma, because of um, friends and family telling me, oh, you don't need that. Um, and, and like you said, if I only do this or that, if I pray more, if I do all the things I'm supposed to do, maybe I'll, I'll get better on my own um, and still feeling kind of like it was a behavioral issue. Yeah. So, um, what I when I hit the point of I guess my lowest point, we had just moved from a place that I did not care for at all to a place that I really like, and I thought, oh, when I move, everything's going to be better. It's going to mm-hmm. feel good. And we'd been here to the place we live now about two weeks, and I still didn't feel better. Yeah. And we were driving in the car, and I looked over at my husband, and I felt so much like doom and gloom, I thought, what is even the point to life? Like, you live, you die, it's over. Mm. <laughs> and um, I thought, man, this is not normal. And I think my husband said something similar to me, like, that's not how you're supposed to feel. You're not supposed to feel like that. Yeah. And so finally, I went to my, just my um, general doctor, told him how I was feeling, And he said, I want you to try this. I want you to try being on meds. If you hate them, we can change them. If you don't feel better on them, we can try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And about, it took about a month, but I finally, instead of going up and down like a roller coaster each month between anxiety, depression, um, and feeling so awful, now it's kind of more of a bumpy road than a roller coaster. Yeah. And I think we need to remember, too, I'm not looking for, like, fantastic days every day. It's not about that. It's about feeling human, which is you're going to feel up and down. You're going to have good days and bad days, but it shouldn't be a roller coaster with yeah. your emotions every day. That's really interesting. Well, just profound thoughts, Christina, and I love that you're sharing your story with us. I, I want There's so many more uh, things I want to talk about. When we come back with Christina, we're going to talk more about this uh, controversial be- controversy between you know prescription medications or really beating yourself up trying to do stuff by yourself how she's helping change women's perspectives about themselves how she's helping women especially women who are on medication feel okay about themselves 
themselves and even great about themselves. And also, I'd like to share more of my story. And Christine, I know you have some amazing tips as well. So don't go anywhere. Uh, When we come back, more with Christina. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Hello, welcome back to Spotlight. I am Allison H. Larson, and joining me today all the way from Utah is Christina Frischi. Christina, I'll say your last name wrong. Am I saying it right? Did I say it right? It's Fritchie. Fritchie. Maybe it's more German the way you say it. Oh, you know what? I did get my degree in German, so that would make sense. So um, we were having a really great discussion um, just over the break now about um, you and, and how sometimes we feel like sharing that we struggle with depression or anxiety can be a weakness. We were having a great discussion with some of the people on Facebook. So, Christina, um, share, share your thoughts with, with me on that, you know, as you went in and, and finish your story, too, because you went into the doctor, you got some medication, um, you started feeling better after a month, and now it's more like a bumpy road than a roller coaster. Um, what, is, what does that look like, and how does that feel, and how would you, what would you say to somebody who's struggling with this roller coaster? coaster and these feelings of weakness and inadequacy, um, what would be your pieces of advice? Oh, I, so I wrote a post 
um, a while ago, which is probably the one you're referring to as far as, um, you know, letting people see that it's okay to talk about this and that we all struggle with things. Um, and it talked about how I, I just wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, 10 years ago, just take the meds. You know, and that might not be the answer for everyone. Um, I don't have all the answers, but for me, if I would have just allowed myself to not give in to the stigma and to the worry of how people would perceive me, I would just have felt so much better so much longer ago. Wow. So what advice would you give somebody who's struggling with that? So I would definitely say talk to your doctor. Um, If you don't like your doctor or you feel like you're uncomfortable with your doctor, uh, find a doctor you like. And um, if they suggest that, you know, maybe meds are for you, then you can try different ones. I tried three different ones before I found ones that I thought worked best for me. Um, And you've got to give them some time uh, to, to actually work. Um, and then, yeah, it would just be, just be to, to talk to a doctor, uh, that knows how to treat anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, um, one of, one of the things for me, and this is something that I've shared with a few people, but not a lot, and I feel impressed to share this now, but, um, something for me, so, uh, uh, a while ago, I was really struggling in my life, um, with some some different aspects and I was very successful in some ways and and really loving life and in other ways I was struggling with some personal things and it was causing me and and mainly it was my own feelings of perfectionism it was my own demands on myself my own feelings of like I wasn't good enough but I found myself in a state where um, just during the day I would just break down and cry like three or four times a day just you know, uncontrollable sobbing. And I would have these moments where I felt good about myself, but a lot of the times I didn't feel good about myself. And I remember thinking I I probably should go see a doctor. You know, I feel like I've gotten myself in this hole and I can't get out of it. And I don't want to live life like this anymore. And I remember going in to see my doctor and she said, well, so you're here because you feel like you might be struggling with depression. I said, yes. And, and she says, so, so why do you feel like you might be depressed? And I just started crying uncontrollably. And it took me like three or four minutes to regain my composure so I could tell her what was going on in my life. And she said, okay, I think I've heard enough. I think you do. You are struggling with this. And, um, and it was such a relief as I spoke with her about some of the situations in my life and my mind that I was dealing with was more situational depression. But um, but it was really comforting to know that I was normal, uh, that some of the symptoms that I was experiencing based on my life experiences were something that other people had experienced too and something that wasn't so out of the, the blue. And one of the hardest things for me, I remember before going in, to her was thinking, I should be better than this. I have the tools to be happy. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. I've helped lots of people in their lives. I shouldn't have to, you know, stoop to this level of going in. And then, 
you know, once I got on the medication, I felt so much better. And, and for me, being situational, once I got out of the hole, you know, then I was able to get off the medication. And, and not everybody is. But I thought, why did I wait so long? And why did I lie to myself like that? Like, that is not something I think it's something a lot of people struggle with this, these feelings of guilt, but it's it's something that can be just a really useful tool. And hearing people like you and other people have talked about their struggles and their journey and the things that they've gone through and um, how medication has helped them has really helped me. And I, I do believe that there are some natural things out there, too. And I do believe the mindset helps all of that helps. But there's a time and a place for everything. So I appreciate you sharing your journey. Um uh, with us so much and um, and season you're welcome <laughs> season just commented there on Facebook yeah it is hard to be vulnerable though it is hard so talk to me a little bit Christina about you are sharing your story now with with women on Instagram so what's your Instagram handle and what are you doing what kind of posts are you doing on Instagram that have gotten so much attention and have helped inspire women all over the world Sure. Can I just uh, piggyback though off of yeah. what you just said? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Please. I we talked. You talked about you know there, that you were successful um, during the time you were depressed as yeah. well. Yeah. And I just want to throw out there. I actually didn't know this. I was kind of googling last night just to see um, different things about depression, anxiety, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson has mm-hmm. talked about his depression. Um, Amanda Seafried. I think that's how you say her name. Um, She talks about how she's on Lexapro. She'll never get off of it. Um, I think there was a post, actually, it was like 31 celebrities that have talked about depression and anxiety. And I just want people to know, depression isn't like I'm curled up in a hole in my closet. Mm -hmm. It's successful people. It's all walks of life. It's not just, you know, somebody that you would assume is depressed because of you know, their life. It, well, it could be somebody who's extremely successful. Well, and nobody knew, like, on my, um, you know, on Facebook, I was sharing some of the things that I was struggling with. And I there's people that have even given me pushback, like, hey, should you really be sharing those things on Facebook? But for me, it was so therapeutic. And also, I had so many people reach out to me, thank you for sharing. But as I lived this successful life, and I mean, people would look on the outside and be like, wow, that, that lady has it all. Even I would look at it and think, oh my gosh, I'm living my dream right now. This is amazing. But what people didn't know was the inner struggle. And, um, and I was actually talking with a great mentor yesterday. His name's Dave Austin. If you don't know him, get to know him. He's worked with some of the the greats in sports. So he's worked with a lot of, uh, he works with with a lot of the major league baseball teams. He's worked with a lot of uh, basketball players, lacrosse players, baseball players, very, very successful life coach and mentor. And he says, one of the things that people don't recognize or realize, especially with people that are in the limelight, is what happens is we have these ebbs and flows in our lives where we have these successes and we feel so good. But then after the successes, there's always this dip or this down point. If you don't know what to do with it and you don't recognize it can really lead to a lot of depression. And a lot of these famous sports players, he's worked with they've won like MVP or they've won the you know the World Series and then they think well what now where do I go now what does my life even mean I feel so depressed and I think he brings up a good point there too is not only do we need to 
to recognize and be aware that the more successful we get, also the opportunities, um, it's like a pendulum. It's like the more success and happiness that we have in our life, also the more opportunity we have to feel like a failure, like like we're sad. But um, the other thing that he bring that he brings up that I think is really important is where is your self worth coming from? So are you listening to what other people are saying, and is your self worth coming from winning that next award or from somebody telling you how great you are, or is it coming within yourself? And one of the things I admire about you, Christina, is that even though the people around you said, hey, you you don't need this medication, you should be able to, to be okay without it. If only you do these things more, you'll be okay. You were able to be strong enough to say, okay, my sense of self-worth and my decisions that I make need to be for me, and they need to come from me and not from what anybody else is telling me to do. And when you were brave enough to step into that place, you really found the help that you need. So I just want to congratulate you on that. Thank you. It did take a while, mm-hmm. but I figured it out. <laughs> Good. Well, what would you say to other people that are trying to figure it out? Um, so like I said before, like talk, make sure you talk to your doctor or find a doctor that you like. Um, and I don't know, read a lot of Brene Brown. Yeah, really, Brene. honestly, the biggest thing other than medication that's helped me is just authenticity be your true vulnerable self. Um, life is just too short to be anybody but you. Um, that has helped me a lot. And then another thing that has definitely helped me is humor and meditation. Um, I'm not great at meditation. I can mm-hmm. probably meditate for about a minute before I'm somewhere else in my head. Uh, but it's at least listening to guided meditation, listening to ocean sounds or rain before I fall asleep helps calm me down. I still have, I mean, last night I put on some uh, music, not because I'm having a panic attack or especially anxious about anything that's happening, but I was just kind of feeling a little stressed. And um, I think that I would say the most important thing we can do to help younger people, even ourselves, is to teach kids how to manage their mild and minor anxiety and mm. recognize it. Yeah. And I think once you have a handle on that, you can you can kind of stave off that that increasing anxiety that comes as you get older in life. Um I, I can't I won't say that it won't you won't have anxiety or need to take medication later mm. in life, but if you can kind of get a hold on it as a kid and realize I'm feeling anxious. Here is a way I can manage it. Mm-hmm. Then that is something we can definitely do. So you're a mother of four children. How do you teach them? I know they're quite small. What do you teach them or how do you teach them to manage their little minor anxieties now? So um, I have a great book. It's called, I think it's called Goodnight Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about yoga poses right before bed and then also they have a nice little meditation at the end there's also a couple great apps that have some uh, meditate guided meditation for kids talks about laying on a cloud and there's a bird that comes by and takes all your worries away Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, the kids you know enjoy that and they can find in that moment a feeling of peace or relaxation and when they are feeling stressed, they can go back to that and think, oh, I I was able to feel better when I did this. 
Mm, I like that. And you bring up a really good point, too. It's uh, teaching your your children not only what to do, but the feeling that it creates uh, when they do that. And I think for me and my kids, one of the most important things as a mother is to teach them to be aware of their feelings and also to be able to put a label or identify what they're feeling. So I think a lot of the times, especially as children, when we're so young and adults do this, too, we feel like something isn't quite right. And then we we have this blow up, you know, in Walmart at our kids or, you know, the kids throw a temper tantrum or something happens that is just a manifestation that there's a feeling that got so big that it couldn't be contained anymore and now it has to come out and it's like well if if that feeling was just identified earlier and acknowledged and put a label on it then that's how we can let it go so if I'm in the moment and I'm feeling something it's not quite right and I think well I'm feeling angry like for example this morning I was angry <laughs> I just I woke up some things happened in my life I was just like ah oh, I'm just angry I don't like how this is happening I don't like how this is going and so for me to to rather than just just sit in the oh, something's not quite right. I embraced that anger and I listened to Boulevard of Broken Dreams as loud as I could. And I went on a walk and I just felt really angry for like three or four minutes and then the anger went away. And I thought, well, how do I want to feel instead of angry? Well, I would like to feel content and happy. And so then I thought about how my body felt when I feel content and happy. And then that memory came back in and I felt that way. So I know it sounds easy and simple, but what a great tool to use with kids, you know, to say, hey, this is how it feels to be peaceful and happy. But then also helping them recognize when they are feeling angry, hey, you are feeling angry. It's okay to feel angry. Here's how you can deal with your anger in a healthy way, like listening to Boulevard, Broken Dreams, and walking down the street, and then choose how you want to feel instead. So great tips. Thank you so much, uh, Christina. More with Christina when we come back right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. 
There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm Allison H. Larson. Joining us from Utah, we have Christina Fritchie. And uh, Christina has a booming Instagram uh, following right now. She is helping women who are struggling with anxiety and depression not feel so uh, alone and isolated and critical about themselves. And you've really created this whole community of women where they feel safe. Um, I want to read one of our Facebook comments here from uh, my friend Trish. She said, it's so important to find someone that you talk to, that you can talk to. Depression and anxiety often goes unnoticed to those around us, which often makes us feel alone and small. Knowing someone cares can make all the difference. And Trish, I 100% agree with you. Finding someone you can talk to, I want to add on to that too, because I do want to say, like Christina was talking about the beginning, uh, Christina, when you felt this anxiety or this depression, you would sometimes take it out on your kids or your husband because you'd feel angry. One of the things that I've learned is it's important to have someone to talk to, but it's also important to so it's important to have friends to talk to that really care about you it's also important to have somebody objective to talk to and here's was a struggle for me um I started seeing a counselor oh a couple years ago and I went through like your like your doctor story Christina where you have to find the right doctor the right medication I went through a little bit of a phase where I had to find the right counselor but here's the helpful part of having a counselor to talk to sometimes where I felt bad in the past is if I've reached out to a friend to talk to about the things that I'm going through, these emotions that I'm feeling, or a family member, what ends up happening is say I feel angry and I call up my friend. I'm like, oh, I'm so angry today or my family member. And I have all this anger and I kind of take it out on them. And then I feel a lot better, but it's like they're the garbage can or the sponge absorbing that negativity and toxicity. And sometimes when people care a lot about us too, they assume certain things or they get defensive or they want to help us. And we move past certain emotions or situations much faster than they do. So one of the, the things that I found about having a counselor in my life is that that's somebody totally objective and can be totally reflective back to me. And I can I can spill my guts out. I can be angry. I can be happy. I can be sad. I can just talk things through. And this person's not going to take it personally. They aren't going to try and beat somebody up in my life. <laughs> they aren't going to, they're just going to ask the questions back so that I can figure things out in my own head. So, um, so that's another thing that, you know, if you feel like you want somebody to talk to and you don't feel like you're in a good place where you can maintain relationships with family and friends um, and you want and you feel yourself kind of filtering with them but you want somebody unfiltered um, just even having the possibility of, of a counselor is great so um, want to to put that out there too so Christina I don't know if you have any thoughts on counselors or counseling um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that yeah definitely I've been to several um, and as much as going through the process of, you know, recognizing my, my issues and kind of working through them, um, I, I don't think I've used medication and therapy as um, hand-in-hand. 
I, I probably should. <laughs> I still have issues, but I probably should combine them together for like the ultimate uh, fight against the anxiety and depression. Uh, but I haven't at this point. I think yeah. I feel good enough that it's not something I'm looking to do right this minute. Yeah. But I have in the past and it's been helpful. Well, and, and, you know, I want to bring this point up, too. Sometimes it can be unhelpful. So just like the wrong medication, if you get the wrong counselor, I when I first started, I was with a counselor, great guy, great person, but his counseling style did not work for me. And actually, I ended up more depressed after counseling with him for a while um, than anything. So it, so it is important to find the right person and to have somebody to talk to. So um so anyway, I, I just wanted to, to put a plug in for that. So, Christina, here's what I want to get to next. And and there's two reasons why I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what you're doing on Instagram and how you're inspiring women. And for those of you that are listening into this, I want you to, to, to think about this in two aspects or ways. Number one, I want you to listen to it as as from Christina as the point is she has a really good message that she's able to really successfully share on Instagram, on social media. So if any of you out there are entrepreneurs or you feel like you have the strong message to share, I want you to listen to what she's done to actually get that message out on Facebook and on Instagram. And then also for those who are struggling, you might want to follow Christina on Instagram. You might want to um, look at her posts and see what she has to say because they're funny it's a way of making fun of being imperfect, I think. And you brought up humor before, and that's something you're really good at. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing on, on Facebook or on Instagram, how this got started, and what have been some of the results that you've seen. Sure. Yeah, I started an Instagram uh, that's called Christina's 365 Challenges. Um, and what I'm doing, this was my, my idea at the beginning of the year this year. Um, what I'm doing is 30 days of, let's see, 12 challenges each 30 days. So one each month mm-hmm. of the year and they change throughout the year. Um, some of them are, you know, service oriented. Some of them are, um, you know, self love and things like that, um, but I, I wanted, I want to connect with people and I want to do things that help me become a better person. Mm-hmm. I actually, I got a tattoo in the last couple of years um, that says, be the good. Yeah. And what that means to me is always try to be the good, you yeah. know, no matter what everybody else is doing, no matter how they treat people or how they treat you, you be the good. Um, and so I'm trying to be the good for myself, but also help others feel like they don't have to be perfect and they can share their vulnerability, um, Mm -hmm. and be okay with it. And, um, the first month, um, was a dance challenge. And admittedly at the beginning, I thought, Oh, who am I to dance? I mean, I dance all the time. So explain, explain dance, explain dance challenge. What was it? Yeah. Like you had to dance every day. What was it? it? Dance once a day, Uh uh, you know, to whatever music I felt like. Um, and, and my moves aren't, they're not anything to talk about. Uh, but by the end of it, I was no longer embarrassed to dance in public. Mm. You saw me on the cruise, oh, yeah. and there was nothing about me <laughs> holding back. Are you kidding? You were a great dancer. I was like, dang, I want her That's moves. That's right. <laughs> I'm serious. 
And then the second challenge was post a selfie every day. And that one was harder than the dance challenge. Mm. I don't like my selfie. I don't like my front camera. Everyone, when you do your front camera, do you look like someone you've never seen before? And you think, I don't look like them in the mirror. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. And so I started posting pictures of me in selfies and sometimes not in the greatest position or the greatest hair or makeup. Um, one of them was, I have one of my eyes, the lid's a little bit lower than the other, and it's always bothered me. And um, I posted it, and I looked at it, and I thought, oh, that's a horrible picture of me. I would never post this normally. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of that, I'm, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, I was going to say that was so, one of my favorite posts about where you post that picture and you were just really vulnerable about how you felt about yourself. And how I related to that was I thought, wow, I've, I've known Christine. I've spent a lot of time with you and I've never noticed that one of your eyelids was more droopy than the other. And I'm like, now that you point that out, you know, I do see that. But what it taught me was how hypercritical we are of ourselves sometimes. And I thought I do the same thing. Like I take a selfie and I'm like, oh, my I look horrible horrible. Look at the lines in my face. Look at this. Look at that. And and really, I don't think anybody else is, is noticing that. So when I saw that post, I it just made me smile and it made me think, wow, you know, what a great example of how hypercritical we can be of ourselves. But you posted it anyway and you said, hey, this is something I don't like about myself, but I'm posting it anyway. And uh, that was that was really inspirational to me. Well, thank you. Um, and then this month, my challenge is to do random acts of kindness each day. But the whole point of these challenges, it's not for me to gain a massive Instagram following or have people say, oh, she's so great. Look at her. It's for my own benefit. It's Mm -hmm. for me to say, look, you were uncomfortable with dancing in front of people. You were uncomfortable with your selfies. um, and, And you weren't looking outside of yourself. And now you are. Now you're doing something that's affecting and helping, hopefully, other people. You're being the good. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm just trying to send some love out to the world because we need it. Yeah. Wow, do we need it. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate and love that. Let me ask you a question because I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately and I've had some people that are close to me in my life bring up, you know, hey, maybe you don't want to share so much about yourself. Maybe you don't want to be so authentic or so vulnerable uh, like that on social media. Is it really doing any good? Is it, is it, is it really hurting you? And what I've come to realize is I, I think it's helping other people. And I've had a lot of people make comments, and I know you have too. But one of the things I still struggle with, and, and tell me if you struggle with this, sometimes even now on this show, having shared something vulnerable about myself, I have this moment of like, oh, what if people don't like me now? What if they're thinking or judging me or what if and those what ifs start creeping into my head and then and then if i let them get too far i think well so and so's not texting me or you know i haven't gotten this many likes on this facebook page maybe people think this of me do you ever deal with those thoughts do you ever deal with that feeling after being vulnerable after putting yourself out there after really challenging yourself in that way and exposing yourself and in, in to in all your on- authenticity do you ever still have those moments of of fear and um, and doubt? Oh, absolutely. I, I've 
um, improved a lot over the years, but I mean, I went from a place of, oh, I would analyze every conversation I had and I would think, did I offend them? Did I say <laughs> yeah, too much a- about myself? Yeah. They, did I TMI everyone? Um, but now uh, when I have those feelings and I have that moment of, oh my gosh, what did I say? What did I say wrong? I think to myself, if they don't like that, if they don't want to be friends with me because of that, um, then, then maybe it's okay. They're not my people. Yeah. And not in a way that's like, I don't want them to be my people, but you can't force people to like you, whether you say all the right things or not. Yeah. So um, I definitely do have those feelings still. I, I think the other day I talked to someone and I thought, wow, did I overshare? Because <laughs> I tend to do that. But <laughs> um, it's honestly, I've only, not only, but I've had extremely positive experiences. The people, when you are authentic, the people that are in your life, you know are in your life because they care about you mm-hmm. and because they're happy to be friends with you rather than the people that you're not quite sure. And um, just letting everyone know where I stand and where I'm at and the feelings I'm feeling and how it is to be me, it's such a freeing feeling. I've never felt this light in my mm. life. Um, Love that. I just I can't emphasize being authentic and being vulnerable anymore. It's just changed me. It's changed my life. Well, so for all of those of you who are listening, I would encourage you to maybe push your comfort zone a little bit. Take this challenge. See if you can feel that freedom like Christina's described. Take a moment to share something authentically today with somebody. Maybe it's on social media. Maybe you aren't ready for that. Maybe it's a text to a friend. Maybe it's just writing something down in your journal and a card that maybe one day you'll share with somebody. But taking a moment to really just be authentic and true to yourself. And Christina, could you share with everybody your Instagram? handle uh, just in closing because I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to want to follow you and uh, find out more about you and what you're doing. Sure. Again, it's Christina spelled with an R, no H and a C, not a K. So (laughs) C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-S, no apostrophe, um, 365 challenges. So Christina's 365 Challenges. So Christina's 365 Challenges. Go check her out on uh, Instagram. Christina, thank you so much for being here with me today. And thank you for all of uh, those of you who have invested your time. And my takeaway, my encouragement to everybody out there, I would just say to you, you know what? None of us are perfect. We all have struggles, but it's in that imperfection that we find community, that we find support, that we either allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to ask for help and be supported, or maybe we're in a position where we recognize somebody else that's struggling and maybe we've been there and we can offer them a hand to help them up. So just take a moment today, check in with yourself. Are you being authentic? Are you being vulnerable? Are you in alignment with you and who you want to be? Or are you worried about what other people are thinking about you? And just check in with yourself. And again, do that challenge, write something authentic and vulnerable, push your comfort zone a little bit and see if you can... Thank you 
you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured